Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Two, three, maybe a fourth. They're coming out of his beat six and seven. Top the moment is Brendan Knight. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Well, here we are, a bit of deja vu to kick us off in round six. Ryan and Tommy here with you. This is the Supercoach 365 podcast. Of course, if you're a regular listener, you would have been here for round five. We started on the sour note of a gun fullback going down last week, Tom Travojevic. This week, Tommy Hudson, it's Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, g'day, Ryan. Uh, not great news, is it, for fans of rugby league in general? Obviously, Latrell is one of the the entertainers of the sport and we're going to be without him for up to eight weeks they're saying I don't think a lot of people probably own him in classic competitions Yeah, but I think it more it's more of an indirect uh, indirect problem for South Sydney and players like Cody Walker maybe even Damian Cook Alex Johnston because they really rely on Latrell's go forward to get their scores boosted I think this would have been a week though where people may have flipped from a Teddy to a Latrell perhaps on the on the look ahead to where Souths are going in the next couple of weeks at run. We've spoken about it a couple of times already. It is very, very good. Uh, Latrell now, we're thinking he's out for up to eight weeks. That puts him in uh, doubt for Origin 1. So again, that may have some flow-on effects to those other names around that Origin chat, such as Lomax, uh, Best, uh, of course, uh, Stephen Crichton. I know for certain he plays in round 13. So looking that far ahead, there may be some implications for these guys that we've brought in in the last couple of weeks or even this week we were thinking about bringing in going forward in six, seven, eight weeks' time. Yeah, that's good forward thinking, to be honest. I haven't really got that far ahead, but you're right. I don't think Freddie, even if Luttrell is maybe fit by Origin 1, I can't imagine he's going to walk straight into the Blues jumper. So, yeah, perhaps Stephen Crichton would be favourite there, but it's it's definitely worth uh, keeping an eye on. Yeah, trust me. I know uh, I know the Panthers running around 13. I looked at it last week with Steve Crichton. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, still on fullbacks, though. Um, I've got here in the run sheet, Ryan Pappenhausen. Now, a lot of people would have captained him last week. I think he was about 25%, maybe more. You might, you might be able to tell me. But he struggled against the Raiders. Of course, had that HIA. And I've got here in the, the question mark. But he still somehow found a way to get two Dalian points. So uh, I think it was Steve Blocker-Roach, friend of the show. Maybe Blocky... Um, Maybe looked upon Paps's performance with some rose-colored glasses last Saturday. 
Yeah, I don't think Blocker plays super coach uh, going off that because, look, Paps wasn't terrible, but I think it was quite obvious. I think once he went off the HOA, he came back on the field and he wasn't the same player. He didn't look really dynamic in the second half and, and the score showed, I think he only got 39. So yeah, 25% of players uh, captain him, mm. myself included. I think you were the same. So not a great way to uh, spend our Saturday watching that. Let's pick this up a bit because we've spoken about Latrell, obviously, and Paps, uh, two probably uh, lesser and in, in, you know, uh, bad negative notes from the weekend. Let's talk some positives. Joey Manu and Katoni Staggs. What a battle this was. Uh, Staggs took his game to a new level. We've been saying if you hang on to him for this long, you may as well just keep hanging on to him. Uh, those who didn't play him were rewarded. Um, this is what we've been hanging on to him for, wasn't it, Katoni Staggs? This breakout performance. And we didn't pick it against the Roosters to come, but that's exactly what happened. No, exactly right. We'd been waiting. I've been waiting every week and it took five weeks, but we got there. It was a great performance from him. He started the game so well. He gave Momorowski absolute nightmares all night. And then Manu, predominantly in the second half, he really stood up as well. Pretty much sure what Staggs was doing and said, oh, i got to match you. And uh, yeah, that was a great game to watch. And Manu and Staggs were clearly the two best on the field. Yeah, rarely do you get those personal battles uh, you know, line up so much like that. Stags an explosive first half. Not Manu almost took it upon himself in that second period and said, "No, hold on, I'm the world's best center." Uh, scored two decisive tries. The Roosters got the win in the end. Come from behind victory. Uh, we didn't see that coming either. Um, I guess the other talking point to come out of the uh, end of the week, Sunday afternoon, forty. A couple of mixed performances from some popular number sevens. Nico Hines he found a way to go big yet again against the Tigers, and then. Nathan Cleary, we expected him, we looked at this fixture against the Bulldogs, we expected him to have a big week and it just didn't translate in the end. So mixed fortunes for a couple of popular halfbacks. Yeah, I'm in the Cleary camp. So it, look, he didn't play poorly at all. Um, I thought he was quite solid on Sunday night. It just didn't happen for him. There's a few times he went really close to scoring a try. Loves taking it up near the line. So look, I'm I'm happy with how he's going. Obviously the scoring hasn't been great, but I think there's, there's yeah. bigger weeks to come for Cleary. Yeah, exactly right. Um, let's get into this now before we throw up our ranks. We'll do a little bit of uh, good, bad, and ugly because I think it's a, a little good note, well, a good note to uh, to segue into our scores, maybe a bit of context behind the way that we performed last week. I'll kick us off here with the good. For me personally, there probably wasn't a hell of a lot of good, but the good to come out of last week was uh, the performances for mine of Taylor May against the Bulldogs. He just keeps impressing. He, he racked up a, a big cash rise. And I got here to a lesser extent, Isaac Tungo as well. He didn't hit the high note, but um, again, he's just producing the goods and, and looked very good for Penrith, maybe not on Supercoach, but in in, uh, in the game against the Bulldogs. Yeah, a couple of errors in that game probably brought his score down, but he still played really well. I was with you watching that game on Sunday night, and it is very entertaining, that Penrith left side. Yep. Uh, my good for the weekend was Staggs. I held him and played him, and he got 100, so I was happy about it. And also David Fafita. A lot of people sold out on him. I was very close to doing the same, but yeah. I had some faith, I guess, and he repaid it for me. Better late than never, huh, with Fafita? Um, okay, the bad. We have to address it. I've said here everything. Everything that could go wrong for me last week, it just about did. Um, and it started pretty much with my trades. I said to you here last week, I hadn't settled on them. I was team clear at that point. I, I held on a week. I thought I'd go to Stephen Crichton with a bit of backup and insurance. Um, but potentially the worst of it all was leaving Stags on my bench when he scored 100. And I didn't cap the Nico Hines. So two plays there that really cost me, in the end, about 200 points. So... Um, that's uh, that really did uh, knock me down a rung this week. 
yeah, when it rains, it pours. It just wasn't your week, was it, mate? Um, my bad was probably captaining Pappenhausen, as we already said. They just it looked like a good fixture for him. I don't think Canberra's defence is very good. And when he went, yeah. went over for that try in the first half, I was getting excited, but he just he just didn't kick on. Now, before we get to the ugly, I'm just going to throw up our ranks and our scores here on the screens to uh, to sort of contextualise this. I said that that cost me, those two decisions cost me about 200 points, and you see it there. I'm just about 200 points behind you, 190 points, in fact, uh, from last week. And you see the massive drop-off there in terms of the, the percentages and what that means going forward. Um, dropped 10% myself last week. So 930 last week, overall rank, uh, overall score, I should say, there of 5,138. That's top 20. Uh, percent you did a little bit better than that and uh, i guess that came on the back of um some of those decisions you made earlier in the week yeah it wasn't a bad week for me uh probably the only thing which kept it a bit lower which is my ugly for the week would be uh being on the wrong ends of heinz and teddy yet again i went Mm. back to teddy last week and sold heinz which obviously was not the smartest move in hindsight because heinz has gone big yet again and teddy surprisingly only 23 points i think it was against brisbane we didn't see that coming, and I guess my ugly to round out that segment, just circling back to the one of the first points I made tonight, Stephen Crichton, trading him in, sort of looked to consolidate a bit of cash, and he was my insurance. If Cleary did go big down that right side, I thought Steve Crichton had bagged one, maybe two tries. He ended up with 20-odd points, and now, as it turns out, on the back of that Latrell injury, I'd say he'd probably be the favourite to, to take that left-centre role for the Blues, you'd think, in a couple of weeks' time anyway. Uh, let's leave that there for last week before we do get ahead into our uh, round six preview. Uh, before we do, though, I just want to throw up this. This is our overall group for those playing along um, to the season. So you can still enter $500, and it's absolutely free to play here, courtesy of Top Tippers, five seven six eight double five. Uh, $500 to the first prize, as we say there, that pays out at the end of the year. And as it currently stands, well done to Moses's men, who shows the way here, ranked 21st overall. So uh, a hot uh, field we've got uh, assembled here and upwards of, I think, 1,500 people in it as we go to air tonight. Uh, Tommy, actually, before we do push on ahead to round six, just want to recap those scores from last weekend. It kicked off on Thursday night with the Manly Seagulls, too good for the Newcastle Knights. 30 points to 6. It turned out to be a bit of a blowout in the end, and Newcastle, their woes continue. I think they're only going to get worse this week against the Dragons. The Warriors, they pipped the Cowboys, 25 points to 24. Now, this one was it, wasn't it, Tommy? This was the game of the week in terms of deciding. A lot of tipping comps, perfect rounds and such. Um, This was a a, a real toss of the coin sort of game, and that's what it came down to in the end, the golden point. We couldn't have predicted it, but we probably weren't too surprised that this one went into OT. Yeah, well, I think they were a dull money. Take your pick most of the week, and it was that sort of game, you know. Cowboys probably looked like they were going to win for a lot of it, and the Warriors came back, and Golden Point was a bit of a fiasco with some poor uh, field goal attempts for a part of it. Uh, Later that night, we saw a really good game. Broncos and the Roosters. The Roosters getting the job done 24-20. to Storm beat my Raiders pretty convincingly, 30-16. to South beat the Dragons 24 to 12 in what was a pretty ordinary game, I'd have to admit. Yep. And Saturday night, uh, this was a really entertaining game, I thought. Eels 26, Gold Coast 20. Yeah, I think um, the Eels probably, I mean, I said they were cream at $1.40 last week, topsport.com.au. They, they went about it the hard way. They came out of the gates pretty hard. They looked, um, I mean, that margin six points in the end, they really didn't look 
uh, too troubled uh, towards the back end. I mean, the, the Titans put up a late fight, but in the end, the class prevailed, as it did on Sunday as well with the Sharks. 30 points to four over the West Tigers. That one could have been upwards of 30 even. Uh, a couple of missed goals from Nico Hines. Four points to the West Tigers. They were lucky to get those four. And uh, as we say already, the Penrith Panthers, 32 points to 12 victors over the Bulldogs. So uh, class starting to rise to the top of this premiership. Um, we said it last week and probably echoes again this week. The top five, top six teams really starting to, to make a real den and distance themselves from those teams below them. Yeah, and the, the tipping comps are getting a lot easier. Uh, I think a lot of people would have at least got seven or eight last week and it was the same story in uh, round four. So it is getting a little bit more, like you say, the class is rising to the top. But uh, I still think it is a bit of a closer comp than it was last year. Yeah, definitely. Good to see. And just on tipping comps while we think about it, uh, top tippers, of course. We pu- we pushed it in the preseason. You can still put your tips in. Again, we're copying these questions, and rightfully so, really. Uh, how can we check the ladders? Look, we'd love to be able to tell you. Um, I've been told again by Dean at Top Tippers that they are working hard. Keep putting in your tips because we are going to pay out $500 end of the year to whoever is leading. So keep putting your tips in. I know it's a little bit frustrating at this point, but... Uh, we will be paying out on that at the end of the year. So uh, be sure to keep playing along uh, between now and then. Uh, while we're here, before we do jump into round six, if you are listening to us on the podcast, remember to jump on over to YouTube. You'll get everything you get through your ears, plus a little bit more with your eyes uh, on YouTube as well. And if you are there already on YouTube, please subscribe, give us a thumbs up, and leave your thoughts in the comments section as well. Well, Tommy with the thumbs up there. Okay, let's uh, let's get into this. Round number six, how fast it's gone. And this one, Thursday night, the Canberra Raiders up against the uh, Cowboys. Uh, Canberra Raiders, $1.57 favorites. Cowboys, $2.45 outsiders. The start here, Cowboys getting three and a half, $1.95, topsport.com.au. I, I think this would probably be closer to pick them for mine. Tommy, you can probably run us through some team news in a, in a moment, but... Canberra haven't been overly impressive, but I guess the way that the Cowboys lost that game last week, that probably gives them enough reason to be the outsiders heading down to Canberra here. Yeah, probably just the home ground advantage sways it in our favour, I guess. Uh, We did play the Cowboys only four weeks ago in round two, so it's another one of those quick turnaround games. Uh, Cowboys pumped us that night too. So, look, I don't know. I think it's a must-win game for the Raiders. Just quickly before we go on the team news. I really wish we would see better games on Thursday nights. I, the last three weeks, yeah, it's been shockers. three real low games. I just wish they'd put more marquee fixtures on. Yep, split them up a little bit as well. I mean, we get two cracking games on uh, on Good Friday. We'll get to those in just a moment. But yeah, I, I'm with you there Thursday. Um, not really so great for the neutral. But anyway, uh, some, some team news here on this game. Uh, the Cowboys, uh, rather, let's start with the home team, the, the Raiders. I guess the big news is... Is Xavier Savage is into the team, but maybe not in the way that we thought he'd be brought in. He'll wear jersey 14 this week. Yes, he will. Uh, but Matt Tomoko is in big doubt. He was quite injured the other day. I think he's back. Ricky didn't sound too confident he'd play this week, so I think we'll have to wait and see. If he's out, we could see maybe, this is just my speculation and hope, that maybe uh, Charles Nickel Cookstart could be into the centres and Savage would start in fullback, or we could see uh, Jared Croker return. So that'll be an interesting watch. Yeah, keep an eye on that one. Um, and we look at that because Savage, as it stands, probably not too super coach relevant, but if he does in three or what is it now, around six, it'll be another six weeks' time, get that dual uh, positioning. Maybe it's too late even to throw it on him uh, in the CTW then. So uh, ignore that. I don't think he will be a super coach relevant player unless he plays Origin in week 13. Anyway, we'll have a look at that yeah, come week 13. For the Cowboys, Cohen Hess is back, but uh, I guess. 
the form, the, the player that's really caught our eyes in the last couple of weeks is Ruben Cotter. Um, doing a lot of work in the middle of the field, and he's been starting at lock with Tamalolo to prop, and the Cowboys have probably been better for that. Yeah, I think so. I picked him up a couple of weeks ago, and he's really paid me back. He's been absolutely excellent. Made a really good line break the other night too. He's named on the bench this week, but as you sort of alluded to there, the last couple of weeks, Todd Payton's made a late change and put him into the side, so we'll have to wait and see. But I think even off the bench, he's probably good for you know a 60, 60 points couple of uh, points to consider as you're either having a punt with Top Sport this weekend or doing some super coach moves, be it classic trades or draft waivers tonight or Wednesday as you listen to this. Uh, the last time that these two sides met at Canberra uh, was in 2019. The Cowboys, two points, or rather six points, the better then. But the Raiders haven't lost two in a row at home versus North Queensland in 10 years. So, I mean, you look at history, the Raiders, they're probably deserving favourites here. That coupled with the fact that North Queensland has just won one of their past 13 night games. So they don't love playing under lights, the Cowboys. Yeah, interesting. They're a team that historically has played under lights a lot. I think with this fixture, what important to note is possibly the weather. Uh, Cowboys, obviously, coming from North Queensland, probably don't like coming to a cold place like Canberra and vice versa. We very rarely win up there. Yeah. So it probably does give us a good home ground advantage. Uh, $1.57 with top sport. I think that's probably a fair price. I'm not going to bet because I already go for the Raiders, but I, I probably think we, we should get the job done. It's, it's an absolute must-win for us, to be honest. No added incentive there. But uh, I guess the, if you're looking at try scorers and things, uh, if you're having a play this weekend, where are you going? Um, something which caught my eye from the Cowboys' defence last week was their right side, Chad Townsend and Nanai. They do miss a heap of tackles. So if you are having a bet, I think you go Raiders' left side, either the back row or the centre. Whatever way they run out come Thursday night, I think that they're the two value plays for mine. Yeah, we might have to wait and see who is the left centre. It is Matt Smoke at the moment, but like I said before, could be changed. I think Elliot Whitehead is the left back rower. So, yeah, perhaps if you like that theory, go with them. Let's move on. Uh, we mentioned Good Friday and a couple of great games on Friday afternoon. This one probably uh, looks a lot closer fixture than we would have anticipated some six weeks ago. Souths and Bulldogs, they kick us off 4 p.m. Friday afternoon. This one, of course, Stadium, the old Olympic Park. Souths, um, they're winning. They're winning games. They're not winning them well, though, and we saw that last week against the Dragons. They sort of fumbled and bumbled their way to an eventual 12-point win and probably a margin which flattered the Dragons in the end, you'd say, given how poor that Souths really were. Yeah, it was, a, it was a poor game, like you're sort of saying there. Uh, lots of drop ball from both sides. South looked like they could have put them away, you know, many times, but they just couldn't really find the knockout punch until right at the end. Uh, obviously, the big news, we touched on it earlier, Latrell is out, Blake Taff, fullback. What do you think about in Supercoach? Is he really relevant now? Is he good cheaping? I think it's too late. I think if he started the year there off the bench, he could have been a bit of a slow burn. But I think Schneider's done enough of a job and we'll get to our two trades or our three trades even at the back end of this podcast. And um, that may give you an idea of where we're at. But I think if you're moving Schneider on or even... I don't think you're moving a fullback to get in Taff. Um, His point scoring potential... Look, he could get 100 this week against the Bulldogs, kicking goals, setting up tries. But Souths aren't Souths that we saw last year for mine. So, no, I don't think Taff is relevant at this point. So, um, it, looked a, it looked a great get, 200k, dual position, half fullback, but not for mine this week. Yeah, it probably is a bit late, like you're saying there. Uh, Cody Walker, 
He's obviously in the side again, but geez, he's out of form, isn't he? 10 points last week. Yeah. He's failed to fire the whole season. And now, it's like South have a good run coming up, but without Latrell, I feel like he's not a great option anymore. I think I read or heard somewhere the other day, he's yet to have a try assist. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Five five games in, the leading try assister from last year, had, I think he had upwards of 56, 58 line break assists last year, 30-something try assists. Five games in, he's yet to find one. I'm with you there. I think, if anything, Ilias is looking like the player that we were hoping that he would be. He's coming along more hands on the ball, and maybe that does benefit Cody. Uh, but in terms of Cody, would we get him in this week, next week? Souths, we keep speaking of this great run, but it's only a great run if they're playing great, and currently they're not playing great. So is he even an option yet, ever? Well, I was thinking maybe last week he was, but I wanted to see how they went against Saints, and they were pretty ordinary, and he was he was terrible. So, yeah, yeah I'm definitely going to wait on that one. And Munster was good as well, so it kind of... Makes you want to keep him instead. Uh, for the doggies, probably not a lot to speak about from a super coach point of view. I thought Flanagan wasn't too bad the other night. I know they lost by 20, but he certainly didn't do his chances any harm. No, but the issue still is uh, how are they scoring points. I know here, topsport.com.au, South Sydney, $1.27 favourites, the Bulldogs, $3.80, the Lion, and even uh, $1.90, South Sydney giving away 10.5 start. I still don't think that's enough. Um, because they can't, they haven't, have they scored more than two tries the whole year, the Bulldogs? Maybe they can this week. Souths, again, we say they're not playing great footy, but that is just a, a real area of concern. Burton and Flanagan, they get this second go together here. Maybe it is better this week. Maybe they can score three, uh, three tries, that is. But for mine, I'm still not willing to take the Dogs at the plus 10.5. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, look, I look at the 10.5 and, and I think it's probably fair enough, but you are right. They're really struggling to score points. Uh, Dufty the other night had a shocker. They can't really get Josh Adokar that involved. And then he did get involved the other night and he set up a try. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe looking forward, they might try to get him maybe into fullback if Dufty doesn't do much. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're really struggling to score points, I feel for And just on Souths, if uh, if I'm reading this right, this is their first day game of the season. It's taken them six weeks to get under the sun. This might just be the week where Cody clicks for mine. I think... Uh, Dry track from memory. I've got visions of him running away for a try in this game last year, um, supporting up the inside. I can see something similar here, but um, yeah, just on that, Souths have won the past three of these Good Friday afternoon fixtures. So good record for Souths heading into this. So we're looking at anything try scorers wise. Alex Johnston, he's been starved of a try or tries this year. Dollar seventy one. Anytime are we diving into AJ at a dollar seventy one? That would have been overs last year. Maybe that's unders in twenty twenty two. Yeah, look, it's hard. To, you'd have to think he's a chance, but uh, he's not doing all, is he? Um, yeah. Josh Adokar, two dollars sixty-five. He's still yet to score this year, but like you say, the dogs aren't looking very likely. So probably no try scores for me. Stay away uh, on that one. Good Friday. Anyway, let's uh, push on here. Uh, Friday evening as well. So this one, you speak of good games. This one has all the makings of that. I think. I think it'll be a lot closer than people are thinking as well. Uh, the Panthers and the Broncos. The Broncos. They seem to lift for these games against the Panthers. Penrith have won the past three games, but you look at these two logos here on your screens, or you hear us say Panthers v Broncos, you might think they've been blowouts. The past three wins from Penrith have only been by a margin, an average margin of nine points. And I think the last one was six points. The one before that was eight points. So Broncos, even when they're not playing great footy, they still find a way to lift and get up for these big games against the big teams. Yeah, I agree with that. And they showed that last week against the Roosters. They, they played really well. Uh, they've been shocking a few weeks prior against ordinary teams. And they 
like you said, they get up for the big occasion. So this is a pretty hard game. So they'd have to be at their best. And Penrith, they're just looking amazing, to be honest. Speaking of Nathan Cleary here, Tommy, a massive break-even this week. If you've brought him in already, you're obviously holding him, I think. Um, really no point selling him and then getting him back in at some point. Are you tempted, though, by Mitchell Moses? I'm sure you would have had a look at Moses' break-even. He's been playing some good footy. Minus 20, I think it's minus 25, thereabouts. Um, set to make a, a stack of cash, you'd think, against the West Tigers on Monday. Nathan Cleary, what are you doing with the Penrith King this week? Yeah, well, look, I went pretty early on him, but I think I've just made my bed now. I have to keep him. Um, I Like I said before, I don't think he's playing poorly. He just hasn't been getting the big scores. He's yet to really have a try assist or line break. So I think it's coming. This is a pretty good fixture, so I'm hoping to see a bit more uh, this week. Speaking of big lines, uh, we thought the 10.5 wasn't enough. Will the 21.5 be enough for Broncos out there at uh, Penrith Park on Friday night? We speak of good matchups as well. Direct matchup this week. Isaac Tungo up against Katoni Staggs. So the right centre of Broncos up against the left centre of uh, Penrith. Two names which a lot of players would be playing with or would have been playing with in their Supercoach teams to start the year. Yeah, well, I hope they don't cancel each other out because, like you say, I own both. So I don't want them to be uh, cancelling each other out. Hopefully they're trying to better each other the whole night. Uh, look, I don't know. I think that's a big line, like you say. No pain Haas, though. Uh, mm. I guess... It begs the question, you know, what are we doing with him? Do we sit him out for one week or do we just go to someone else? Stick around. We'll get to our trades at the end of this. I think you and I might differ in our opinions there. But it is a fair question because at $630,000, thereabouts, there is ways to rotate him out, maybe get him back in, flush your cash around, uh, have a bit of a play with that. Uh, spoke of those Panthers, that left side, Taylor May and Isaac Tungo. They've just been killing it. Taylor May, geez, uh, he's a real talent. Brian Toto, if you're holding out the origin winger, and we all think that this is going to happen, it may not be the case, but how do you bring in Brian Toto back to that left side the way that these two, May and Tango, have been linking up? But you just can't break them up. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can. Uh, they look to have a great combination already. One of the tries the other night, they pretty much went the length of the field those two um yeah. and when you bring brian back you bring him back on the right with stephen Crichton. that's an amazing back five uh, i'm sure Ivan cleary is aware of his options but i really hope he, take, he takes that one yeah short price to score again this week those two may a dollar 58 isaac tango a dollar 91 so um expecting big things from the panthers this week dollar uh, six head to head you're not you're not playing there um just on that pain out obviously you've said how will they go without him They've struggled with him. He's he's been their best player, you'd think, to start the year. Yeah, he has. He's probably their their heart and soul and their forward leader coming up against a really good pack. I think that's the big danger. I, I do think the twenty one and a half is pretty big, but you know, they could crumble without pain, so hopefully not for their sake. Let's move on. Saturday evening, 5.30pm. Just the two games on Saturday, and the first of those is uh, Manly back at Brookie up against the Titans. Now, I couldn't believe this when I read this today. The Titans have won their past three matches at Brookvale Oval and five of their past six games there. So the Titans, they hold no fears of going down to uh, Brookie Oval, Four Pines Park as it is now. Uh, they will start the Outsiders here, $2.65, topsport.com.au, mainly $1.48. The Titans getting the plus five and a half at the $1.90. Yeah, I'm surprised by the stat as well. Uh, mainly is usually a pretty good home team, so that is a surprise. Uh, I have no idea about this game, to be honest. Uh, Manly, pretty good last week without Turbo. Gold Coast pretty much produced the same thing every week. 
they're good in attack, but they just can't defend, can they? No, they can't. And I don't know how that's uh, how they fix that. I don't think you can fix that overnight anyway. Um, they're going to have to aim up this week, though, because, um, as you say there, Manly, they put on 30 points against Newcastle last week and in pretty you know awful conditions, it must be said. So if the weather holds up at Brookie this week, they could be looking at another 28-plus points, you'd think. Yeah, you'd have to think. You know, Titans have not shown any resilience so far. Um, Cooler is back for Manly in the centres. He missed out last week, which was obviously annoying for a lot of owners. Uh, Garrick retains the fullback slot, though. So, yeah, look, I think they're looking okay without Turbo. I think there's only one week, so we can't really say that they're they're fine without him, but I think it was good mm-hmm. signs early. Uh, Morgan Harper obviously out with COVID, so he hasn't been dropped. And that, I mean, this this COVID, um, it continues to go through these teams slowly but surely. Uh, Brad Parker was out only a couple of weeks ago with COVID, so cooler. It looks like he'll get his chance this week. He would have been a popular trade in last week. Everyone thinking, you know, he's got five six weeks at fullback with Turbo out wasn't the case. In the end, that actually worked in in some people's favours. Yeah, you're favour included in that you actually had to play Tony Staggs then and he scored 100 so you weren't disappointed that that Cooler wasn't there last week yeah it was very very fortunate um but I really think it hurts Cooler not having Turbo there I think if he was left center with Turbo dishing him all day it would be so much better than Garrick but still at 175k is worth having uh for the Titans Corey Thompson I think it's a surprise he's been dropped for Brian Kelly I thought Thompson was their best winger last year but he's not in the side yep. Johnny Campbell's still injured as well well Sami and Marziu they've come out and they've probably been the best in that back five Herbert's been solid probably a better defender maybe than Thompson I don't know but anyway that's the way that they've fallen Jermaine Asako still fullback with no Jaden Campbell I've probably been a little bit disappointed by the Titans halves I think Brimson stood up but Sexton he just hasn't kicked on the way that we would have hoped him to play this year came in last year took us all by surprise maybe with how good he was I know it's only a rookie but I think he's he's probably been less um well he's not been anywhere near the impact that we saw him bring to this team this time last year yeah possibly not but I, I just think it's tough he's young uh Brimson's young they're nine Aaron Clark's fringe first grader really and then Jaden Campbell's very young so they just have no experience there I feel like he has to try and lead them around at age mm. 20 or whatever he is it's just tough for the Titans like they're going to be a good team in the next few years but they're just all in their sort of young uh, early 20s at the moment it's just tricky yeah a uh, bit of a maybe a five-year plan up there on the Gold Coast just going through here finding it hard to find any real value about any of these try scorers um, this week I mean, it's probably hard to look past the obvious suspects. Jason Saab, I don't think he's yet to score a try this year, but this week against the Leaky Titans, it may be a goer. Uh, although historically, it's been the Titans' left side which has struggled. So if that is the case, you're looking uh, on the opposite wing there to Tui Pilotu, $1.92 any time. And for the Titans, it's probably those two names we mentioned there, Sami and Marju. They're about $2.20, uh, both of them each, to find a try. So... That's the way that we'd be playing again. No real um, surprises there. We've, we've spoken of four wingers of scoring a try. Shock me. Yeah, probably agree with you, really, to be honest. Not a lot of value in this game, I don't think. Maybe Bo, or maybe David Fafita, actually, $3.85. That try I scored the other night. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just sort of, as a as an owner, I'm just hoping he can reproduce it because it's sort of it's not been there for the first month of the competition, but you know it is there. As an owner, and I've sold him, I sold him probably week two before he lost any money, but as an owner, is that frustrating for you just as much as it is exciting for you watching him do that? Because 
Where's that been for four or five weeks? Because we know he can do that. And that's probably against one of the better defensive teams in the competition, the Parramatta Eels. So he could be anything. He could do anything when he wants to. Yeah, it's, it is strange, honestly. Like, he looks like he's doing nothing, like you say there. I think he was on about 30 points before he scored that try the other night, and that was late in the game. So, obviously, he wasn't too tired to do it. He just decided to do it. I don't know. It was strange. But he still doesn't score below 50 this year, so it's not like he's going pathetic. But, yep. yeah, i just love to see some more dynamic play like that. Next game, Saturday night, rounding us out, the Storm and the Sharks. Without question, the game of the round, this one. Uh, both sides four and one are heading into this game. One team going to be four and two after that. But can you believe they both head into this game with a plus difference of 65? The Sharks narrowly ahead on the NRL ladder uh, as they've conceded less points. But two teams that head into this one in very red hot form. Yeah, 100%. Game of the round, absolutely. Saturday night, 7.30. Should be a good atmosphere down there, hopefully. Um, I think the Storm have been showing glimpses of their absolute best. They look really good against the Raiders in patches last week, but they just don't seem to be playing for 80 minutes. So I think, you know, Bellamy will say this is a game where they can sort of make it a statement and show how good they are. Obviously, you look at these two teams, you can't help but think of the 2016 Grand Final. The Sharks have named just one player uh, who played in that game, and maybe somewhat ironically, that is Andrew Fafita. Um, Nowhere near his best uh, that he was in that season, but... Uh, Dale Finucane also there for the Sharks, who played for the Storm that night. The Storm, they named three players from that game, Cameron Munster and the two Bromwich brothers. So, uh, very different look at this one, but fast forward, six seasons on, they're going to be thereabouts again at the back end of the year, you think, given what we've seen in the first five weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, they've been two of the form teams. I think the Sharks have surprised a lot of people. Maybe not us, we're pretty keen on them, but... The fact that they're 4-1 and one probably yep. surpassed a lot of people's uh, expectations. But this is the biggest test so far. So how can they go away to Melbourne? We'll, we'll find out. Personally, I think they're going to struggle. I think this is going to be a real game where they're going to have their um, bit of a reality check for the Sharks, I think. And not taking nothing away from what they've done so far. But Melbourne, $1.38 favourites here, topsport.com.au. The Sharks, $3.05. The Lions, 7 I think Melbourne just do a number on them. To be honest, it may sound silly, but the Sharks, they have a horrible record down there. Um, they don't travel to Melbourne well, and I think Melbourne even would have circled this game a couple of weeks ago. They know that Nico's coming home. They know that Dale's coming back to Melbourne. I think they're going to get up for this one, the Storm. They, they haven't been their best the past two weeks either. I think this is the game that they're going to aim up for. Yeah, I don't know. No, no team news here, by the way. It's pretty much 1-17 to 17 from last week. Wishart comes onto the bench for Melbourne, but... Uh, Nothing major there. Look, I don't know. I saw seven and a half, and I thought it's probably a bit too big. Uh, I don't think Melbourne have been playing for 80, like I said. If they do it this week, you're right. They'll probably win fairly convincingly. But I just want to see them do it first. And I think Sharks are a plucky team defending well. I think it might be a, sort of a lower-scoring grind. What do we make of both Brandon Smith, Jersey 14, Tyron Wisher, Jersey 15? Both of these guys on the bench both we think would come on and play some minutes at hooker, but Harry Grant there as well. I know Harry's a, been a popular buy either last week or even this week for super coaches. Does that concern you or Harry Grant owners, you think, with two possible options there at Dummy Arv? Yeah, we'd well, have to think that means Grant isn't playing 80 because uh, when Brandon Smith's just there and he's lonesome on the bench, he can come on and play lock, but I don't think Wishart could play anywhere else but nine. So you'd have to think Grant comes off at some stage. Yep. But he's still scoring so well, isn't he? He's, he was very dominant the other day, and I wouldn't be too concerned if I owned him. 
yeah, I mean, in his minutes, he gets through his work, and he's he's one of those hookers. Uh, there's not many of them that have that attacking output in them. Uh, the Sharks, as we say, their biggest test to date. They came up against uh, the Tigers the other day. They won by 26 points. It could have been a hell of a lot more. Um, maybe, I'm not going to say that they just had their eyes one week further than they needed to be looking last week, and they got through the Tigers. But they didn't convince me, the Sharks, last week, that they can uh, mentally apply themselves for 80 minutes because you think that if they did, they would have won that game 50-4 to four or 50-0 to nil even. That last play from Ronaldo, that kind of summed it up for mine. They could have won that game to nil. Fitzgibbon would have been disappointed that they didn't. Yeah, they're in second gear most of that game. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's two ways of looking at it. Perhaps they were looking towards this week and they're, they're viewing this as a bit of a an early season finals game or they're just actually not as good as we're thinking. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I think this game will tell us a lot about the Sharks heading forward. No Wade Graham still for Cronulla, and Teague Wilton holds down that spot for at least one more week. Question, is it he or Nakora do you think makes way? Obviously, uh, Wilton, you'd think, is probably the natural one to go first, given he's playing on that left side of Wade Graham. But he's probably been, maybe up until last week, the last two weeks, better than Nakora. Nakora may be stamping his claim to keep his jersey the past fortnight. Yeah, look, I don't know. Um, I know... You are quite close follower of the Sharks, having formerly gone for them. I have another mate who's a really good big Sharks fan, and you both kind of knock Nakora a bit. I don't really see it. I think Nakora's a pretty decent player. I have him in drafts, so maybe I'm a bit biased towards him, but I think he's yeah. quite good on that right side. So I think uh, if Wade does come back, it would be on the left fatigue. And it's uh, wouldn't be talking about the Sharks if we weren't talking about Nico Hines. So we may uh, pick this one, uh, we'll leave this one here with Nico Hines. Uh, he is ranked, I think he's in the top three or even maybe top two super coach players to start the year behind only Ryan Pappenhausen. You and I went head to head a couple of times here last year about who is the better super coach player, Pappenhausen or Hines, and they've just really proven again this year that they are both elite super coach players. Absolutely. I, I didn't even think Hines was that good from the rugby league eye test basically the other day against the Tigers, but uh, still got 117, I think. So he just he's such a good super coach player. He's so involved and. He's just at the fo- at the at the heart of everything the Sharks do. I don't own him, so it's really hard at the moment watching him just dominate and yep. sort of hoping he doesn't have a big game on Saturday. Probably a tough game to find some try scorers. Two very good defensive teams. I don't think you'd want to be betting against or, or one of these sides uh, conceding points. Just on that, the Sharks they've conceded fifty six points after five games. Ironically, that is the same amount of points, 56, as the number of points conceded by Melbourne Storm in 2020. We all know that they went on to win the comp. So two sides that um, they can score points. We, we both know that. They can rack up uh, points on their day. But two sides with... I think they'll head into this one with a defensive focus. Um, and if there is a coach to break down Craig Fitzgibbon's defense, I think it is Craig Bellamy. So uh, that is the game of the round without question this weekend. we both looking forward to that one. Anything else there on that game before we move on? Or maybe just my man Sione Katoa. I've spoken about him a few times for top try score. He got another two the other day, two dollars thirty-eight this week. Any time, I think that's a bit yeah. of value. I do agree with you; it might be lower scoring, but I think he should be the favourite option almost. I have looked ahead to the futures. I know we often do this after the break, but uh, I think he was twenty-three dollars this time last week, or at least plus twenty. He's halved his quote. He's down to $12 for top try score at the end of the year. Good luck to you if you uh, managed to spot that one last week and get on. Uh, two very different things. 
Sunday afternoon, 40, this one, Easter Sunday, the Roosters and the Warriors. Sydney Cricket Ground, the venue for this one. The Warriors, uh, they've struggled against the Roosters. The Roosters have won their four uh, past four games against the Warriors, dating back to 2018, including two matches, their past two matches, at the SCG by a combined score of 74 points to, to 18. So big margins here. And key for super coaches is James Tedesco scored in both of those games. So Teddy at the SCG loves playing against the Warriors. He is the most popular traded out player this week in my team anyway. Explain that one to me. Yeah, look, I, I can't really. He's been hard to catch the last few weeks. He was uh, ordinary a couple of weeks ago. Then he went big against the Cows. And then he yeah, only 20-odd against the Broncos. So he's up and down like a yo-yo. This game really does look like a great game for the Roosters. But we've said that a few times this year and they haven't really delivered. So I don't know. Are they going to deliver this weekend? We said it last week. We said it round one uh, against the Knights. We all know what happened there. Um, some team news, though, for the Roosters. Verrill's back at hooker. Um, Takiyaha returns, so some uh, returning bodies up front. Uh, and you got here that Kevin Nagama's held out Joseph Sawali again for now. That is that is it, isn't it? There's a little bit of a, an asterisk over that. It seems only a matter of time before Sawali comes back. Uh, Nagama probably not overly convincing in defense last week, so... That's where he'll be looking to improve against the Warriors. Yeah, and I thought this was a good game. Like I think you said to me earlier today, Suwali, it just seems like a good game to get him back in the team. Home yeah. to the Warriors. You're not going to get many better fixtures to do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe it could be a late change or they're just giving Nagama one more chance. Uh, for the Warriors, Dallin Wattini's Lesnick is in for Marcelo Montoya, who we just found out as we go to air on a Tuesday night, that he's got four weeks for that homophobic slur, so they went pretty hard on him. Yeah, it's it's massive, isn't it? Four weeks. And I'm not going to say that he doesn't deserve it, but it's you, you stack that up against some of the other, you know, atrocities in the game that we've seen already to start the year. Um, four weeks. It's a tough it's a tough penalty. Roosters $1.17, Warriors $5.10, the line 14 and a half. So sort of backs up what we say there about uh, the Roosters and big margins over the Warriors at the cricket ground. Uh, Tristan and Carr at Top Sport expecting much of the same this week. Uh, Dallin's back for Montoya, as you say there. Um, what are we doing with Dallin? He, a couple of tries to start the year. He looked good. He looked fit and could be uh, maybe not a classic option, but definitely um, top of the waivers tonight in draft. He'd be close to one of the uh, the priority picks tonight, you'd think. Yeah, definitely in draft. He's, he's shown some ability on Supercoach in previous seasons. Probably not in Classic, though, like you say. Uh, the Warriors in general, I think they've won three real ugly games, but they've won. That's the key word. And yeah. this is obviously a much harder game away to the Roosters. But, you know, like we said, the Roosters have a few times screwed up this year when you're expecting them to go big. So 14 and a half, I'd probably rather be with the Warriors almost. Yeah, at that dollar ninety, I'd just rather pick a try scorer, you know, at even money thereabouts. James Tedesco, two dollars fourteen. Uh, we've already said that, you know, he loves playing at home. He loves playing against the Warriors. Joey Manu, two dollars fifteen. That looks overs given what we saw last week. Uh, he will be running at, so I think it will be Adam Pompey on the Warriors' left, the Roosters' right. So, can Joey continue that form? What do you make of Joey? We've already sort of mentioned him at the top here tonight, going up against Katoni last week. He is truly uh, a world-class center. Yeah, he's always been someone that I probably underrated. I probably didn't view him as other people did as, you know, the best center in the game. But this year so far, especially the last two weeks, my God, he's, he's stood up, hasn't he? He's been absolutely the best player on the field by a long way. Yep. 
and uh, I think you'll see how much I rate him in a, a segment later. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, importantly, I think he he plays round 13 and he's obviously a Kiwi, so won't be playing Origin. Up against the Warriors here, a team which he was tipped to sign with anyway, ended up putting pen to paper with the Roosters. The rest is history now. Uh, let's leave that one there. We'll move on to uh, the final game on Sunday. This one, a 4pm kickoff down there at Wollongong. Uh, the Dragons hosting the Knights, two teams desperately out of... Uh, out of form, really. Um, the two teams we actually picked to come last. You were on the Dragons, I was on the Knights. Both teams probably started the season better than we thought they would have. They've sort of regressed back to where we we anticipated they would be after six weeks. Yeah, not the uh, not the greatest fixture on paper here. Both need to win really badly, so hopefully that desperation does translate into a good game. Uh, the Dragons get Josh McGuire back after his long suspension. Mbai is still fullback. I think we said it last week. Surprise, he's there, and they didn't really yeah. improve against South. So uh, I don't know why Sloan isn't in the side. I think the Dragons actually won their New South Wales Cup game last week against South. South went into that game a dollar six favourites. Topsport.com.au. So Dragons rank outsiders. I haven't checked who scored or I haven't watched the highlights even, but uh, from what I've heard, Sloan and um, the other young fella um, Sullivan were pretty heavily involved in that. Um, win. So we may see these two guys come back into the side. Obviously, uh, Amone is still there off the bench. His role sort of even in question with Jack Bird playing through the halves. Uh, but yeah, this fresh blood for the Dragons. I think it will come back soon. Uh, just on this game, you mentioned there Maguire back, but the Knights, they don't really like playing the Dragons. Two sides which you think historically should be about a 50-50 split. That's not the case. The Knights have won just four of their past 17 games against the Dragons. Uh, the two sides have only played at Wollongong four times this millennium, a 2-2 two and two record, as we say there, and even split. But going off his- history, you'd think that the Dragons would be winning this one. Yeah, history says that. Uh, I'm not so sure. I actually think the Knights are a decent chance here. I'm surprised. Well, $2.20 is probably fair away from home, but I think they still named a pretty good team here. Uh, Clem is back. Edric Lee is back. I don't know if he's... You know, the greatest winger on earth, but he's not his first grade standard, so he's not a bad play. Uh, I think just in the forwards, I, I liked them. I like Frizzell. I like the Safedi brothers on their day. They just can't score points to the Knights. That's the issue, but the Dragons can't defend, so, so they might be able to here. It could be 36 34 or 8 6. We'll find out on Sunday. If anyone can hear my laptop here in the background, it sounds like it's about to take off. It's running at something like a Boeing 747 here in the background. So if you can hear a fan, that's what that is. Um, as you say there, Dragons favourites, $1.67 to start, three and a half. Yeah, pick a try scorer, have some fun, gamble responsibly, topsport.com.au. Last game of the week, let's finish strong. This one, I think, uh, this one could be anything in terms of super coaches. Uh, and I think there'll be popular trading targets this week going off this fixture alone. It is the Parramatta Reels, Easter Monday, Back at Combank Stadium, members only. They're anticipating that many people want to go to this game. They've locked out the general public. You have to be a Parramatta Eels and maybe even a West Tigers member to be there. This looks a golden fixture for Parramatta Eels this weekend. Absolutely, it does. Um, if you got them in draft or uh, classic, I'd be putting the captain and some players on Monday. Everything points to a big win for Parramatta, I'd have to say. Uh, Junior Paulo is the only... Oh, sorry, Wonga Blake as well. They're both out. So pretty big omissions. Will Penasini on the left wing, which I think is good news for Supercoach Jones. Yeah, I think you'll get a bit of ball there. Obviously, we've seen the way that Wonga Blake's improved his game this year, playing on that left side, particularly that left wing. 
Uh, in the centres, interestingly, I think it's uh, Morata near Kore. I think he'll play on the right side. Uh, Opacic, I think he'll go to the left if he wasn't already there, Opacic. Anyway, I think that's the way it'll play out. Pinasini, I think he will move from the right side to uh, the left wing. Uh, just on that, the Eels. Uh, we say it looks a good fixture. How about this? They've won 5 of 5 against the West Tigers at Combank or the previous Bankwest Stadium. And in those games, they've averaged 35 points scored. They could lift that to 40 this weekend, I reckon. This has all the makings. The line here, topsport.com.au, 21.5. The Eels obviously give it away. I don't think that's enough. I think that's about 10 points shy where it needs to be. Yeah, I completely agree with you. The only thing is, whenever we seem to think the game's going to be a smashing, it's almost like it's too obvious and it just yeah. doesn't happen. But I, I sort of hope it does for, for Supercoach purposes. Uh, the Tigers make a few changes this week. Brooks to six, Hastings back in seven. I don't really know if that makes a difference what number jersey they're wearing, but no. uh, Hastings is a decent in. Uh, Dane Laurie is also back. Luke Garner's in the centres. Jacob Little and Oliver Gildart have been dropped. But uh, overall... The Eels are still much stronger on paper, aren't they? Yeah, shuffling the deck chairs, I think, um, Madge and the West Tigers. I don't think that they achieve a hell of a lot out of that, depending on what number Brooks wears, Hastings wears. I don't think it matters. You say that it doesn't matter, no. Uh, Laurie back, I think that helps somewhat. I think he gives them a bit of stability and even a bit of more ball playing than what Stafford Toe has offered uh, them in recent weeks. So that's, that is a positive. Uh, how far away is Adam Dewey? Because they're crying out for him to come back. Uh, into this team. He is the shining light at the end of this very, very dark tunnel for, for the West Tigers, I think. Yeah, I think they said mid-season around rounds 10, 12, so we're still, you know, at least a month away. So, yep. you know, they're going to have to find a way to win without him because they can't go into his return 0 and 10, can they? Really? Well, they might have to at this rate, but yeah, yeah. it's not looking good. Uh, the Eels look the ones here. The line, it's probably hard to get involved at 20 and a half, but like you're saying, it could easily be 40. Try scorers haven't really looked too much at it. Possibly Penasini going to the left. Dollar fifty nine though is kind of prohibitive odds. It's short, but we said that last week about Siani Katawa, didn't we? And he had two inside twenty minutes. So um, when they are that short, you do want to see them score early. That's exactly what happened. I think with this, I don't know if the market's up yet here. Actually, it is. Topsport.com.au first to score forty points. Parramatta Reels three dollars seventy. I think that's probably the bet. I think they can score forty this week. The West Tigers no chance of scoring 40. Um, if you want to be a little bit more conservative, first to 30, $1.73. I think that's probably better than backing any try scorers. I think the Eels score five, six tries here at least. So $1.73. I know it's short, but um, put it in your multis this weekend and you'll, you'll get a bit, of, uh, bit of cream on the top of the cake there. Okay, that's the last of the games here, Tommy. Um, we mentioned there, um, speaking of captains, obviously Mitchell Moses will be a popular pick. Uh, Pappenhausen sort of went off the boil a little bit. We're going to take a short break. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk captains, a dedicated captain segment tonight because it's going to be a big decision to make this Easter weekend. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Yep, welcome back. Supercoach 365 podcast. Proudly brought to you again in season 2022 by topsport.com.au. Uh, 
providers of all of our odds and uh, key bets, best bets here every week on the Supercoach 365 podcast, of course. Uh, we did our pre-season futures multi. We had the Storm top four, Roosters top six, Sharks top eight, Knights to miss the eight. Uh, if you go ahead, you can't actually still access that market. It went up $7, but if you sort of bundle them up uh, as it stands now to make the eight, to make the four, to miss the eight, you're getting about $2.30. So... Um, that one's coming a long way. Well done to those who shopped early in the preseason. Of course, if you are having a play, do so at topsport.com.au. Do so responsibly. You can do so via the link in our Instagram bio. Find us there. Uh, go on. If you're not already a customer, go on with that link. Tristan and co. will look after you, I'm sure. Uh, Tommy, we went to the break. We're talking a little bit about captains there. Um, that game on Monday afternoon, probably the perfect place to start because Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, firmly entrenched inside the top five of Supercoach players to start the year. They are going to be very popular picks and probably Moses, the most popular pick of captains this weekend, I think, looking at fixtures alone. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think the fact it's on Monday, it's the last game of the round. I like captaining late in the round because you sort of have loophole options earlier. So, yeah, Moses and Brown lead the way. Gutherson as well. He's been performing really well. So, if you have him in a draft comp even, I'd be putting on him as well. Where else are we looking this weekend? Because there's a few others. Yeah, big line out there at um, Penrith Park on Friday. I think we said it was 21 and a half. So, naturally, you think Cleary would be a captain option. Obviously, we're going to put all this together on our captain's call. We've been doing it on a Wednesday night on our socials at Supercoast365. Everyone's been loving it. So, that's why we thought we'd bring it to the podcast tonight. Um, but on that, Cleary captain last week, he would have been a little bit dis- disappointed against the Bulldogs, so too Ryan Pappenhausen against the Raiders. But at that big price, as an owner of Nathan Cleary, do you almost feel compelled to captain him every week to justify him having a place in your team over a Nico Hines or a James Tedesco, whoever it is? Yeah, well, I probably want to see him score big one week before I throw the captain on him. I didn't do it last week, and I'm glad I didn't because he only got 55. But yeah. This is a great chance, uh, like you're saying, they're home to Brisbane. Maybe a vice captain and look for a loop if you need to. That's what I'm thinking anyway. Uh, other than that, perhaps maybe, but against the Sharks, I don't know if he'll go as big as maybe he has in previous weeks. The same goes for Nico Hines. I guess it's a hard game against Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah, so that, that's, again, why we talk about captains tonight because two of those popular teams, popular players in Paps and Hines and even Munster, I think, was a captain option a couple of weeks ago against the Bulldogs. Uh, didn't turn out the way that they would have wanted to. Obviously, Paps almost double-tonned. But Hines, he's been a safe 95 even um, to start the year. And then you come to Sunday afternoon. We're hoping it's a dry check at the SCG. Teddy loves playing there. The Roosters love playing there against the Warriors. So there's just so many options this week. Um, we may hold off on our captains who we decide on to until we do our trading places. And that's probably a good place to start now. Let's uh, do our trades for this uh, week, week six. Tommy, you kick us off here. Uh, who are you bringing in this week? Tell us uh, to our listeners and obviously explain this to viewers on YouTube. Yeah, two trades this week. Uh, probably am going a bit hard with the amount of trades I'm doing, but I just really want to get my team set up early in the season. Uh, I'm getting rid of Payne Haas. Debatable that I should do this or not. He's only missing one week. A lot of people thought it was going to be two, including myself, but it is only one, but I'm still getting rid of him. Um, I just, I think Papley is going as well as him, if not better, and they also have a really good month coming up, and I don't want to be without a big scorer this weekend in the front row, so I've gone to Papley. He, he could even be a sneaky captain option on Monday, if, uh, perhaps. He's, uh, he's in really good form, yep. and the Tigers is a great fixture. My other one is Zach Lomax. He's out. He's been going okay, but 
the dragons just aren't doing much and i just i'd rather not have a dragons ctw in my classic team i'm going to go to joey manu he's absolutely flying as we said before i think he's in the negatives in the break even this week so it's a good time to get on him and uh the roosters as we've said a few times have good fixtures coming up so hopefully uh he can cash in on those Yep, uh, as you see here, 31 trades remaining for the Doja Cats, including four trade boosts, importantly. Uh, remaining salary there of 23700 but you are putting these pieces of the puzzle nicely into this team. Obviously, you do have Cleary there still, Tedesco at the back. Not holding Nico Hines currently, but Cameron Munster uh, sort of offsets that a little bit at 5.8. You've gone premium at 5.8 as opposed to either two premium halfbacks uh, or two of the very, very best Fullbacks, although in saying that, you do have Ryan Pappenhausen. He's an elite player. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Joey Manu there. Negative break even obviously helps that cause, but we've already mentioned they're playing round 13. Is that somewhat starting to creep into your thinking? Uh, how how early is too early to start thinking about origin players and players playing that first bye week? Well, look, I was already thinking of getting Manu in, but I looked at the fixtures and I noticed that Roosters are playing and obviously being a Kiwi, he's not going to be involved in Origins. So that was yeah. that was the clinch for me, the fact that he'll most likely be there around 13. I don't think it's too early at all. I think if you, because you only get, what, three trades max mm-hmm. a week, I think if you can slowly from probably now starting to build towards Origin, it's it's the way to go. Sort of just going back to what we said there about captains, you, you sort of alluded to it there. Isaiah Papali, he could be a captaincy option. Is that the way you're going to lean at this stage? I know it is Tuesday night. A lot can change between Tuesday and, and Monday now. Uh, the Eels playing Monday. But is that the way that you're leaning as we go to air tonight? Yeah, not sure. It might depend how other how I'm going. If I really need to chase points, maybe I'll put it on Teddy. But if I just yeah. need a, a solid captain score, perhaps Papali. Good options and uh, great to have those options on uh, a busy and a big weekend, of course. Now, here we go. This is Bud's Battlers trading places for this week. You see there that little rocket um, pulled the trade boost again. Now, that's two trade boosts inside six weeks. My thinking here, though, is is it's getting to a point where you need to get in players that you either want to play with uh, long-term, such as Cleary, Moses, uh, Harry Green even. I've sort of gone middle ground here in between chasing cash but also chasing points so you see here on your screens if you're listening to us uh, brad schneider out for mitchell moses great fixture we've spoken about it already the eels uh, up against his old club the tigers blake braley to uh would you call damian cook a premium hooker still in season 2022 he's certainly producing those sort of numbers uh this year somewhat back to his 2018 best and then Jeremiah Nanai of the Cowboys back down to Brody Jones of the Newcastle Knights. So, look, sort of consolidating a bit of cash, selling out, cashing out those assets such as Braley uh, and Schneider particularly, some of those guys who have made some money and turning them into some bigger guns, some some high-scoring, some high-ceiling players in Moses and Cook and obviously consolidating cash with uh, Nanai down to Jones there. Uh, with some prospects of some upside there as well for the uh, Knights back rower. 30 trades remaining, only three trade boosts remaining, uh, remaining salary 15,000. So Moses, though, that negative break even looks a perfect fixture on paper against the Tigers. He is a real stepping stone to Cleary. That's why I think he's going to be a very popular trade in this week and in doing so, a very popular captaincy pick as well. Yeah, I think it's Moses. It's a great time to get him. Obviously, I've kind of made my bed with Cleary, so I'm just going to stick with him. But what you're saying there is is very true. You can get 
the negative break even, make some money, and then move to Cleary in the next couple of weeks. Or if Eels keep flying, maybe he's Sam Moses for a while, honestly, because Cleary's obviously going to be out during Origin. The Eels, they do have a great run from memory as well. I think they have the. I think they have the Raiders, the Titans, the Cowboys coming up. So three games there, which really, if current form, you can go off that. They should be winning those games. And Moses, you'd think, would be scoring points, kicking goals as well. So uh, that's where my head's at. Cleary, then, by that point, it's around 10, 9, 10, 11, maybe. Origin's only two weeks after that. Maybe you do play with Moses. Um, Personally, I think the Origin squads will be extended this year. I think they'll be 22 or 25-man squads. Um, so Moses may get caught into that. We know he played Game 3 last year. So again, uh, we'll get to that in a couple of weeks' time. But that's my thinking uh, between now and then anyway. Uh, trading places, as we say, we'll confirm our final teams for Round 6 on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Supercoach365 on Thursday night. You can check it out there. And just uh, wrapping up that captain's chat, you'll find that captain's call on Instagram as well, at Supercoach365, Wednesday night as we go to air tonight on a Tuesday. Tommy, let's finish this off with, uh, speaking of Instagram, some of our key listener talking points tonight. There's been plenty of them. We might pick the best five or six. Or else we'll be here for uh, a little bit longer tonight. We're trying to wrap this up uh, very, very soon. Um, let's uh, pick it up here with this one. Carts 3185, Manu Fateti, and then move Manu to CTW when a second fullback emerges. Are you keen on playing with Manu at fullback? It's definitely an option, but personally, I'd probably prefer to have two out-and-out fullback guns, such as Paps, Teddy, even Nico Hines, if you want to play that way. I wouldn't personally be having Manu at fullback. I think there's just too many options at, at that fullback slot. Yeah, it's, it's like if you asked me this a couple of weeks ago, I would have said you're dreaming, but the way Joey's going, Teddy's probably not scoring at the heights we're used to. Yep. Like you can make a case for what uh, Karts is saying here, but I probably would still just go Teddy, but it's not a bad chance. Popular question here. We might combine a couple of these uh, into one. Rugby League talks, and there's some others here as well, talking about Blake Taff. Is he a buy? I'm able to sell Teddy and Schneider to get to him and Cleary. Um, sort of picking up a couple of those points we've spoken about tonight. I said no to Taff, but when you put it like that, Schneider and Teddy to get to Taff and Cleary, there is upside there with those... Uh, those trading targets. Yeah, look, I think we were discussing this the other day when we found out about the trail. I don't know how you fit him in. Um, if you've obviously Taff, where he's eligible to play, there's a lot of big name players. Like yeah. If you have a Schneider, maybe you can go to him. But Schneider's break even still five, and they play the Cowboys this week. So I was kind of keen to keep Schneider and probably play him. Uh, so yeah, look, I don't know. He's not a bad option if you can fit him in. Yeah, that was, I'm mean, again, I considered that when I was trading Schneider out, but then you look at that, I think Moses' fixture this week is probably better than Raiders versus Cowboys, plus Moses' high ceiling, he can do anything. So I'm, I was happy to sort of trade out Schneider at that small break even for someone with a, uh, an even lesser break even, but no. Uh, Taff, I mean, Rabbitohs aren't the Rabbitohs that we saw last year, so we're hoping, we're thinking that Rabbitohs are going to score 30 points a game. That just may not be the case this year. Uh, Kai underscore Curbs asks us Sexton out for Moses and Gagai out for Coates or Gagai to Grant. Um, bit happening there. Let's start with the start of it though. Sexton out for Moses. That looks a, an obvious one. And Gagai out for Coates. Uh, what do you make of Xavier Coates? He had a couple of big weeks to start the year, but um, form maybe dropped off. I think he had a score of about 15 last week. Getting back to those numbers we've seen Xavier produce when he's at the Broncos and, and not doing a hell of a lot. 
Yeah, it's just the coats that we know. It's, it's going to be the same all year, I think. If he doesn't score, he's going to score terribly. Yep. He hasn't got a base score above 19 all season, so he's just not a base player. Um, Storm, obviously, a good attacking team, but you got to you got to put up with those sort of scores of 20 for the odd score of 90. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be going to Coates at this point. I think he's already made about $200,000 or... He's made a stack of cash anyway. So, no, I personally, I wouldn't be bringing Coates, particularly this week against the Sharks. Uh, Brizzy underscore Kiwi. Sure, he says, uh, worthwhile getting Moses this week for a cash grab to upgrade to Cleary in a couple of weeks. Well, uh, it's as if I've just read that before I've uh, done my trading places tonight. Is that your burner account, bud? Yeah, it could be. Just filling up this inbox here. Give us a few more questions. Alex Brigo says, has Teddy gone cold? Noah Buxton, Teddy, a sell or a hold? To answer your question, Alex and Noah, no, and I'm holding. I'm almost captaining him this week. If it wasn't for that Eels fixture, I think Teddy would be my captain this week. Yeah, I'm holding. I'm, I sold him a few weeks ago and got him straight back. I was burnt once, not going to burn again. I, I, I still have faith in him, so I'm keeping him. Uh, a couple of others here. Who to buy from this one, Champagne Saki. Who do you buy out of Tama Lolo? Satili Tupanua, Hamoli Olakawatu, or Angus Crichton. Um, the Roosters pairing there, Satili and Angus, they've probably gone a little bit off the boil. Satili's still scoring tries, which is bumping up his score. But Taumalolo and Olakawatu, two players which are probably exceeding expectations even. Taumalolo, once a number one draft pick, dual position now, getting back to some sort of super coach relevance. And Olakawatu is just doing great things on that right side for Manly. Yeah, maybe maybe Olakwatu. Um, I probably haven't looked at any of these guys. Once Crichton went to the bench, it was over. But Crichton got sixty the other day and he came off the bench. He's named again on the bench this week, but I feel like there might be a second coming on this year, perhaps in Supercoach. I reckon he could still be he could still be a feature in our teams later in the season. Yep. Um, I won't be trading Crichton back in. I wouldn't be buying him yet again. You look at Origin. I think he's still an Origin player. Freddie loves him. You know what you're getting from Angus in those big games. So if I'm picking one of those four, it's probably even Tamalolo, given his dual position status and his role now at the Cowboys. It's simplified, and it is more conducive to Supercoach, I think. Uh, Dicko Lin says, Do you think Davey is worth a trade, even though Schuster is nearing a return? Uh, to be honest with you, mate, I haven't looked at Davey. There's a stack of two RF options there. I've gone a couple of Panthers in uh, Isaiah Yo. I think I've even got Isaac Tungo up there in the two RF. So um, I'm going to have to say I haven't looked at him, to be honest. But he has scored a couple of tries or maybe even just one try, Andrew Davey, the past couple of weeks. So his break-even, I'm guessing, is quite low heading into round six. Yeah, I wouldn't bother. I did score the other day, and he's probably not going to score every week. And there's just better options out there. Yep, okay. Uh, last one here, probably a good uh, place to leave it here. Sort of consolidates uh, both of our trade thoughts here from not underscore Howie. Teddy and Haas out. Hines down to fullback. Moses in. Isaiah Papali'i in. Uh, get half, sorry, get Payne Haas back after suspension through Josh King. That sort of looks a roundabout way of, of doing a couple of the pieces in this puzzle that you and I have both done this week. So. I guess the only thing I would say is Teddy out may be a concern, but if you're getting in Moses, who's going huge, it probably offsets that. And in the end, you might end up in front of the trade versus cash flow balance at the, at the end of that. Yeah, look, there was a, a lot to follow there, but I do agree with most of it. Uh, I think IPAP, great time to get him. 
probably do want to get Haas back later in the piece, hopefully from uh, a Josh King. So, yeah, it looks good. If you can execute it, you're on your way to uh, some success, I think. Yep, yeah, um, that is the thing. I, I don't know a lot of people holding their trades uh, six rounds in. It's going to get to a point, though, very soon, isn't it, Tommy? I think you've got 31 left. I've got 30 left. Uh, still, what is it, 25, uh, sorry, 21 weeks to get through after this one. So um, play with your trades now, but we do know that they do catch up with us very, very quickly come the back end of the year. Uh, let's leave it there. Another bumper episode tonight, a big one. Thank you to those who've tuned in. Tommy, round six, uh, a big weekend. We're looking forward to it. Absolutely happy Easter to everybody, and it should be a good weekend of footy. I think five days of footy, so it's an absolute feast. Yeah, short working week and a long footy week. Give it to us like that every week. Supergo365, that's where you'll find us, right across the socials. YouTube, follow us, subscribe to your podcast, wherever you do listen to us. Ryan and Tommy, enjoy your footy. Importantly, you're playing with Tolfoot.com, but you gamble responsibly. Green arrows this week, please. Something for the boys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.